For the first time in four months, let me welcome you into the cave. <laughs> I am your host, Birdarchist, and I have been gone for a third of the year from Twitter, basically, and from posting my own episodes. Um, we're going to change that today. I- I've been doing TLE. I haven't been on hiatus from there, but it feels like when I do TLE, I get to talk to my buddies, but, you know, not the people who matter the most. The reason why we do this, you guys, the listeners, just briefly, if I could speak to you, I want to say thank you. If you're listening on Patreon, you got a two-hour episode ahead of you. If you're a terrestrial listener, not listening on Patreon, you got one hour. Go to Patreon to check out the full episode. Um, I-, I finally have my creative energy uh, back. It's been like four months since I moved to Miami, so I finally feel set up, have a place of my own, and now we can really focus on content creation. We're going to get back to that. I'm going to get back on Twitter and start shitposting again because I am bored, and the timeline is boring, so hopefully you know, we can start doing some interesting things on there. The episode ahead of you, again, if you're listening on Patreon, it's two hours. If you're not on Patreon, you only got one hour, go check out the second hour, is two hours where I talk to at $5L on Twitter, Lincoln. Lincoln and I talk about dinosaurs, Satan, uh, the age of the Earth, young Earth creationism, all kinds of stuff. And we talk about it from some angles you might not expect. Um, Without any further ado, uh, since the music is about to end, let's get right into it. I don't know what it was. It was probably just luck of the luck of the whatever that uh up two hours ago probably i'm getting off of work and i'm doing my scroll while the beans cook so i'm hunched over the countertop scrolling through my phone and i saw on twitter there is in one whatever small sector of the hell site was inflamed about this there was, uh, it appeared to be priests, mm-hmm. priests, various priests who were arguing about literalism, uh, specifically literalism surrounding young earth creationism. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's hotly contested. It's happening right now on the internet too. As of two hours ago, the priests are at it. There are multiple, but I think some of them are Catholics. One of them appears to be a, a Lutheran and they're all like having a, they're angry. They're very upset. Well, they get they get upset with each other, and I'll we'll we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, I've got a little bit of that in my notes. I don't want to be like heavily on the theology side because that's not really what we're about here. But no, well, actually, let me explain what we are actually about. Um, I did an episode, I guess it was TLE two weeks ago, maybe, where I was explaining, and Carr had chastised me for not really doing much, but. My week had consisted of sitting in a Publix parking lot, I guess it was, uh-huh. um, listening, driving around and listening to um, this pastor who was talking about the theory that Satan planted dinosaur bones in uh, the ground in order to trick us and fool us into believing the earth is older than it actually is. And um, so that happened and you messaged me. You said, hey, I've got two things we could talk about. The first one is dinosaur fossils. And then the second one is Satan's Smithsonian. At least that's how I wrote it on my board. Yeah, that's basically. Directly behind yeah, me. yeah. 
So um, I don't want to rush into it, but you know, what's going on in your mind as you hear your calling from the podcast and you go, I'm the guy for this. I'm the guy to explain Smithsonian, Satan Smithsonian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the, the funny thing is the first thing that goes through my mind, I'm like listening. So I'm at work. I'll set the stage. I'm at work. Um, uh, I put in my earbuds, uh, episode of TLE just dropped. Right. And you reference this in like the first five minutes. And I'm like, the first thing that comes to mind when you, when I hear you describe this is Sarah Palin. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember she was all on this. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's the first thing I think of. And then the second thing I think of is like, I have a lot of thoughts in regards to, uh, well, both the young earth side. Cause I've, actually studied that quite extensively uh, in my younger days but also i have more recently explored more esoteric let's say lines of thinking oh well this is the show for you then yeah uh more abstract um yeah we live for the abstract on into the cave that includes uh, a little bit of demonology uh you know sure getting into what's actually at at work here and when i hopefully no other loud motorists come through um speaking of uh, before we get further though i just want to check i'm like looking at my mic levels do i need to turn down the gain a little bit no for some reason it always shows the you're you you as quieter than you actually are it's fine okay so all right then i don't know why uh, but I'm just looking at the waveforms and I'm like, I just want to make sure that we're all going to be okay there. Oh yeah, we're good. Okay, cool. So anyway, where was I? So I worked on a bit of a, a script for, for the episode. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, and it's quickly evolved into probably if I spent all my time on both, we could probably have two episodes of content. <laughs> Okay. Wow. All right. E- each one is a, is a is a concept in and of itself. Sure. Um, so I think what I'd like to do, uh, if possible, is to spend just is, is to spend time on the dinosaur thing because the theory about Satan putting fossils in the ground it gets my blood boiling because sure. I'm a big dinosaur stan. I'm a very oh, wow. big dinosaur respecter. Maybe this isn't your podcast. Maybe this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, no, no. Well, okay. <laughs> we hate dinosaurs on this show. We, we, well, okay. <laughs> we hate dinosaurs we hate on the show. Terror lizards? Come on. That's, yeah, I mean, what's, what's, what's not to love about that? Come on. You wouldn't want one in your backyard. I thought you were a lover of nature, Bird. Yeah, that's true. I guess I, that's true, right? But you see those emus... And yeah. what other large, those things are basically dinosaurs and they are aggressive. Uh, they I, are, they are very aggressive. Although I'm skeptical, problem. I'm skeptical on the uh, whole dinosaur bird, uh, relation myself. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a, maybe we can get into that in a, in a little sure. bit here. Why not? Sure. Um, we'll yeah. start, let's start at the beginning then. Let's. Uh, you're a fan of dinosaurs. You probably have seen a lot of dinosaur bones then. Yeah, I've, I've seen quite a few. I've been to various different 
museums of natural history. Um, uh, and I suppose it all started off when you're like five or six, right? When you first discover them and there are these, you, you look at the interpretations of, of these creatures and they're these massive, majestic creatures that are just incredible to look at. Basically dragons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we'll also get into that later too. Um, and as well as some other cryptid stuff. And I know uh, TLE is a big uh, cryptid. Is it, are you still the number one cryptid tracking podcast on? Number that would be yeah Twitter? number number one in um, uh, eleven regions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Yeah. So we'll get into some of that later as well. Uh. So anyway, basically, I'm here to defend the idea that dinosaurs were not put there by Satan. And there's a very good reason for why not. And the very good reason is this, is that if you believe that dinosaurs were put there by Satan, you have to to do two things. Number one, you have to trust that Satan did that. I don't know about you. I'm not really trustworthy of Satan. The second thing you have to do is that you have to trust scientists. And if there's anyone who I would trust, uh, after satan it would be scientists like like yeah that's one would rank it, least, probably least trustworthy, least trustworthy. it'd be, like, it'd be sure. like journalists at the top then scientists and satan, then satan underneath oh that. okay uh, sure yeah that's some um, yeah and they're all kind of working in the same for the same well yeah thing. exactly they're they're yeah. all working they're moving in the same circles sure. and and uh they they definitely are uh all interconnected interrelated Sure. Where are dinosaurs on your list of trustworthy subjects? Uh, you know, I haven't personally met any dinosaurs, Uh um, but they strike me as, uh, you know, like, um, just like a cow or something like that, like a dumb animal that's reliable and you kind of know what it's going to do, like a very predictable creature. Yeah, yeah, sure. I would hope so. Yeah. Like... I, I would think that I'm trying to think of a creature that's unpredictable, um, like a, a wolverine or something like that, right? You never really know what it's going to do. Yeah, um, it could attack you, it could stink you, it could it could just run away from you. You never know what you're going to get with that with something like that. Mm-hmm. But with a with a dinosaur, I feel like it's just going to kind of ignore that you're even there because you're so insignificant compared to that. right. Yeah, that's I I'm willing to accept that. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, anyway, like I said, I'm here to defend dinosaurs, but I'm also, but I'm definitely not here to defend scientists. And my defense of dinosaurs is basically that uh, dinosaurs are real, but the whatever the scientists say about them is fake and gay. That that's kind of a th- the third way. Yeah, that's the third the third hand path. That's that which is kind of the path I like to take. I'm a I'm a third, a third way leg path. kind of a guy. Okay, so dinos so dinosaurs are real, but what the scientists tell us about them are fake and gay. There's a lot of things that we could probably uh, talk about when we get into that. Let's start with um, defining some terms. I was gonna say gay how. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, well, gay, what, uh, let's gay define not as in homosexual, but not uh, well, maybe they could be. I don't, that. I don't know whether they could dinosaurs be. were homosexuals or not. You know? That's true. 
Um, there might be some who were gay, like the platypod or yeah, whatever that fucking. I, I don't know. Killed. Um, yep. Sure. It's completely possible. Sure. Um, the actual first thing I, term I need you to define is, well, I guess. Dinosaur I science. I, I, I'm, I, there's a lot of words. Uh, let's do, I need you to define uh, what you're talking about. When you when you say dinosaurs are real, uh, what what's going on there? What, okay. what do you mean by that? Right. Um, so let's give a little context then. So in the theory, in this in in the theory, let me let me take you back, Bird. Um, sure. I'm gonna go off off the script I have here for for just a minute. Let's go back. And so let me take you back to the year of 2008, in the fall of 2008, right? Whoa, Obama. Yep. So. We didn't have, we had TV instead of Twitter, uh, baseball wasn't on strike, and the economy actually hadn't collapsed yet, or at least not completely collapsed yet. Like, it had collapsed, but it was not, it was not completely underneath yet. Um, there were some things that were true. Hillary Clinton still couldn't win an election to save her life, right? Nope. Um, but the candidate we had to replace George W. Bush was a man of black ethnicity, though of not quite quite such clear nationality, Barack Hussein Obama, and opposing our uh, future weasel-aired, enthusiastic, transsexual enjoyer of a president was one of the few human beings then alive that was more reprehensible than he, the bald war hawk, alleged traitor to his soldiers, and the only heel hated enough to let brain cancer make a face turn was none other than John McCain. It's right? true. Running alongside this criminal waste of water and carbon was a woman of powerful personality that we know as the former governor of Alaska, Sarah Palin. Had some tits on her. Oh, yeah. She, she was very, she was attractive, right? She had sure. huge she had hair, like huge hair. Massive. Yeah. Uh, and she was an outspoken uh, personality and just a deb- when you were had her on the debate stage, she was an attack dog who'd go after uh, mm-hmm. her counterpart, uh, who we're all very familiar with, uh, Sleepy Joe. Um, yep, slightly less sleepy at that time, but different, uh, different body double. Di- yeah, different, different body double. Like that, I could be convinced that that actually was Joe Biden, um, despite uh, the fact that he had hands, though. So maybe I think he, he died during the first brain surgery. Put it a little earlier, but yeah, okay, yeah. Anyway, well, we're, yeah. we're always looking, so I'll let you know if we find Yeah, number one Joe Biden really on. podcast. But she was um, a phenomenon, Sarah Palin. I, yeah. I, even I remember, and I'm a little kid in 2008, I remember watching the election from my grammar school uh, gym room. Um, yeah, I watched I that. To, long time I watched ago. that results come in because I worked for, so I, I worked for a conservative, um, like, Christian um like a youth uh what do you call them uh, activist group that that year and they sent me to colorado so i watched it um how old were you i was in your early 14? teens okay. yeah you start yeah. You, your freshman year is 14 is that right uh it would be that yep yeah so it's i just i guess i'm I, a year younger than you i guess yeah. if i'm so i just started way. my freshman year um yeah and I've been out there canvassing all over the place because we weren't really supporting McCain. We were supporting this other more 
like conservative leaning guy. Dick um, Johnson. Yeah, it was um I'm trying to even remember his name. I can't think of it right now, but it was in Colorado for Senator who ended up losing. Dick Brutus Johnson. <laughs> uh I can't think of it right now. But anyway, we were out there working and I literally cried that that when Obama won because like oh my gosh is the end of the country because all the adults were saying at the time was that yep. America is over we've got no hope for the future and yep. so my gullible young Republican self was like oh my gosh the country is is ending because um, yeah. Obama got elected and then he turned out to be Black Bush um, yeah I remember my name the uh, I was coming home from uh, seeing that election and uh, I was with my mom and my neighbor is out looking out of her porch and she goes it's over for america they elected the black guy so that was yeah, yeah there was that was kind of the the mood of yeah. that era uh, and then after four years and he turned out being no different that's kind of when i started to yeah. question the narrative because sure. i was a senior in high school i was introduced to my first libertarians my first because i was introduced to ron paul you know in that time period and it's like, oh, so there's like, you don't have to just be a Republican. Like you can be other stuff. And that kind of started me on the path I am where I think that the Smithsonian Institution is run by Satan. Mm, um, uh, yeah, well, sure. Were you working for Mike Huckabee? No, it wasn't Huckabee. Okay. Shoot, I can't, I I should know this because I, I worked for hours doing phone calls and walking around. What state was it? I'll re- let's really get it was into it. It was in Colorado. In Colorado, uh, oh yeah, I don't know. You can look that up, but I'm really curious to know. I'm looking it up right now. Sure, I'll wait. I can edit the. Calls um, out. 2008 election, Colorado. Robert Schaefer, yeah, Bob Schaefer. That's who it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Vaguely remember seeing YouTube videos of him. Yeah. We uh we had a f- I, I had a fun time with some other. But he lost he people. lost to uh, Udall, a real hero, um, John McCain, right? Is that what happened? <laughs> you know, he lost uh, he lost on Mark Udall, who was just some oh, okay. Democrat right. senator. Right. Um, but yeah, anyway, sure. Um, yeah, but okay, so um, that is what you're doing at 14, which is uh, pretty involved. Uh, yeah, sure highly realize that. Yeah, highly involved. I even had a little like club in uh, high school where we would we end up working on a local election for Congress mm-hmm. uh, for a fellow called Clay Thibodeau, who's a big constitutionalist. Um, oddly enough, the first time I heard about the Tenth Amendment Center uh-huh. uh, was at a rally for this guy, uh, where it was a, like it was literally a Tea Party rally, mm. um, where. Um, who was it that came out from the Tenth Amendment Center? Um, I can't remember. It was one of the Tenth Amendment Center guys that came out. I can't remember which one, but he came and spoke, and he gave the best uh, speech out of everybody who came to that rally. Um, and I—that's where I first discovered that kind of they're adjacent to our sphere. <laughs> yeah, I guess they are, right? <laughs> yeah. Whatever, wherever we're at. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, but anyway, we're getting off track a little bit here, but it's uh, these were good times. These were my formative years. Sure. And so yeah. another thing I, I explored in my formative years was 
this actual science behind um, paleontology. And I was kind of introduced to the enemy that is big bone as oh. you might hear pause describe it man as. you you did you wrote this whole episode script to lay that title out didn't you you know that's well, the I, episode title well <laughs> we could name it big bone yeah it's big bone yeah it's, well, big is, bone is a real thing though big bone is a real thing yeah i vaguely i think i've seen joe rogan episodes where alternative paleontologists will go on and rail about big bone yeah i i mean sure um but explain to me uh I, i've only ever i think seen a one rogan interview with somebody what's going on so what the hell is paleontology first of all really? yeah okay what so is paleontology it? is the study of bones. old rocks which used to be bones oh. that guys with um like wide brim hats have dug out of the ground with little brushes and tiny chisels. What is that, though? Really, is that real? Okay, well, we'll get into that. Let's get. Into I hate that to right be now. this guy, but what is that? That's like another. That's like a take on transubstantiation. The bone <laughs> sure. becomes a rock. Is that what? Is that the the? Okay, I don't know. I'll, I won't get it. But please, don't let me derail you further. Yeah. So my skepticism. Paleontology. So, so people started discovering fossils, and it, it became a real craze in like the eighteen and early 1900s sure um because great times yeah museums were becoming a thing that people were able to go to because people well as industrial society developed and people had yeah. more free time uh museums <laughs> they went out, they went and, out uh, to the to wilderness and stole indian heads <laughs> they had more time to go do that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff like that going on but Anyway, a bunch of stuff is going on where people are building museums and trying to cram them full of shit, right? And there became like competitions between the various museums to, to dig up these really old, old bones and assemble them into various forms of what we call, what we now know are dinosaurs. And they would always try to go for like the bigger one or the better one. And it was during this period of like, I want to say through like, Eight, we'll call it like 1880 through like 19, the 1950s, 1960s, where people were just digging up every old bone they could find, fitting it together in whatever way they wanted, and then saying, this is a dinosaur, guys. Um, we came uh -huh. up with this name, you know, Terror Lizard, and uh, we're just throwing shit together uh, for people to come see. Because um, P.T. Barnum had kind of changed the way that people did entertainment with mm. his um uh not his circus but with his um american museum where he'd bring in crazy attractions from all over the place and and people realized that you would go people would go see stuff that was old and dead uh, and that's kind of what gave rise to the advent of of paleontology and the advent of digging up old stuff um and it it could range from dinosaurs to other dead extinct creatures to, to giants, which is something else that the Smithsonian is all about. Um, it it is weird that there exists this entire industry of people who dig in the ground uh, for yeah. shit in order to put in museums for people to look at. It's uh, entertainment, uh, 
industry when you yeah, think about really it. what it what it started off as was an entertainment industry and then like yeah. all entertainment industries right it ultimately gets co-opted by a group of people um who have an interest in pushing a narrative through K-fade, that industry yeah. sure. right you see it in hollywood you see it uh obviously in the press and and on and sure. on tv uh, and, yeah. and the social media companies, right? We we experience the the them every day. You know, they can take that they can take a different form here and there, but it's always with some group of people who have an, an interest in controlling something. Right. And if we have time, maybe I'll get into the the demonic influences involved in that. But I distinctly believe that there are demonic forces at play. Yeah. With in these industry takeovers. I don't happen. think anybody who listens to this show it thinks that's a foreign concept or if they do thanks for listening. Yeah, exactly. I, the, the listeners of the show know where we're coming from. Yeah. Uh but anyway, that's kind of just like a very basic understanding of big bone is that what started mm-hmm. off as a great American like very old capitalist desire to to create something new and innovate turned into what it is today which is a mode of pushing the narrative quote unquote forward sure um and what is the narrative and in this case the narrative is that the earth is millions of years old and that you need to just trust us and believe that the earth is exactly as many millions of years that we say it is. Even though the number of millions of years changes from year to year. Um, they pull it back sometimes to like those years didn't exist. Now. Yeah, they move it back, move it forward <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, yeah. Now the earth is this many millions of years. It's a bit like the co- it's a lot like the covid narrative. Like it's like sure. you're 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 supposed to not wear the mask. Now you're supposed to wear the mask and now we're supposed to not wear the masks again. It's it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, like, like let me establish first that theories of an old earth are not new. These date back uh, millennia to an ancient earth. And there's basically two um, sets of old earth theory. One is a uh, just a gradual aging, and the other is the interpretation of, of catastrophism. The idea that various catastrophes have happened on the earth that have aged it uh, rapidly throughout time. Um, and to an extent, like biblical or uh, even Islamic or and Jewish creationism are at, fit within the uh, kind of catastrophism interpretation of uh, the history of, of the planet. Um, obviously, from the Bible, you're talking about the, the flood, right? If you're doing, if you're taking a literal interpretation, sure, uh, that you know, if there was a global flood, like that is the catastrophe, right? Um, so let me get in here to just let me throw out a basic critique from a theological standpoint of the idea that Satan put fossils in the ground so we can get back on topic here. Okay. And, and then we'll move on to why, uh, to, to like establishing that God made dinosaurs. And then we'll move from there. Okay. Okay. Sure. So like the basic critique that I have is like there's two, there's two theories as to why there's, 
dinosaurs in the ground. One is that God put them there. One that say, uh, uh, There's two branches of the theory that you heard on the radio. That's what I should say. Sure, yeah. One, God put them there. Two, Satan put them there. Okay. So for the first one, uh, they say God did it to confound the wise and to test the faithful. The problem with that is that it's well established biblically that God doesn't lie. Like, no matter which branch of Christianity you ascribe to, God not lying is a crucial part of that. And if he's putting fake fossils there, that that's tantamount to lying, which goes strictly against what any theology is going to teach you. So that can be pretty much thrown out the window right away and is can be discounted as a very naive interpretation. With Satan putting them there, the problem we have is that the ability to create something ex, ex nihilo is only ascribed to God. It's not ascribed to anyone else but him. So if we are saying that Satan put them there, we're attributing him a power that he does not possess. That we're saying he can do something that on the level that God can do, which Satan's a scary dude. Don't get me wrong. The devil's not to be fucked around with. But God, he is not. Which basically means that that the fossils have to, in some way, shape, or fashion, be quote-unquote real. And the failing of any interpretation that says they were put there in the ground, that the fossils are fake fossils put in there uh, by some powerful entity, the problem with that is that you are, it's not that you have faith that either God or Satan did it. The problem is that you have faith in believing the scientists when they say that they're millions of years old because uh, you're you're choosing from a Christian perspective to take more faith in the scientists than you have in the scriptures that you're supposed to believe in. And like I said earlier, you should never trust a scientist. These guys are not at all trustworthy. I think those are pretty convincing. I think the first one is very convincing uh, logically um, as far as why uh, you wouldn't take the stance that they were put there by Satan. So from there, well, there's your theology. Yeah, so that's the theological side of it. It's why you should not lend any credence to the argument. Okay, so now go for the – go for your next proof – you just did a logical proof. Yeah. What else is there? So the other thing that else is there is that dinosaurs are actually in the Bible. Or they're not what? named because the, the term dinosaur was not uh, come up with until the 1900s. So it's a it's a new term, right? When the dinosaur, the, not the dinosaur, excuse me, when the Bible was being written, the term didn't exist. But what we do have is in the book of Job, chapter 40, the creature described as the behemoth. And I'm just going to read a couple verses from Job 40, and we're going to look at the description of this creature, and you're going to tell me what this sounds like to you. Okay? Behold, behemoth, which I made as well as you. He eats grass like an ox. Behold, his strength is in his loins and his power in the muscles of his belly. He bends his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze. His limbs are like bars of iron. He is the first of the ways of God. Let his maker bring near his sword. Surely the mountains bring him food and all the beasts of the field play there. Under the lotus plant, he lies down in the covert of the reeds in the marsh. The lotus plants cover him with shade 
the willows of the brook surround him. If a river rages, he is not alarmed. He is confident, though the Jordan rushes into his mouth. Can anyone capture him when he is on watch? With barbs, can anyone pierce his nose? All right. So that's the description of the behemoth in the book of Job, which if you're taking, if we're going back to the theology of it, if you're taking a literal interpretation that God is directly talking to Job, that God is describing a creature that he created. Absolutely right. Right? I meant to ask you in the the midst of this, you always hear these arguments and it's hard to hear these arguments from the perspective of someone who doesn't genuinely believe them. I I think that's mostly what theology is. Are you, do you subscribe to, uh, a literal interpretation of the Bible? Um, to the parts that I think are intended to be interpreted literally. So I've got oh, to offer myself a little bit of wiggle room. Okay, yeah, sure. Right. So you have a, a historical critical sort of the way that the text was written is what determines how the text should be read. Yeah, out. exactly. Like if it's, Yeah, if that's it's basically a, what I believe as well. Yeah, if it's a poetic text, then obviously yeah. it's meant to be interpreted as poetry. But if it's not sure. that then you shouldn't be interpreting it that way. Okay, but back to literalism then. So from the literal perspective, the the behemoth. Yeah. Uh, so he eats grass like an ox. Okay, so we can establish right now he's, a, he's an herbivore. He's not a carnivore. Strength is in his loins and his belly. So he's got a really powerful lower body. His tail bends like a cedar. That's important. It's gonna We're going to come back to that. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. So he's, again, emphasizing very powerful beasts which it emphasizes further when it talks about his bones being like bronze and iron. Uh, and uh, I'm going to skip down a little bit to where it talks about him. If the river rages, he is not alarmed, though the Jordan rushes into his mouth. So there's a few things that here that are unique about this creature that are in contrast to the creatures that are currently observable in in our world, right? So we know that there's tons of extinct creatures in the past, and none of them match the description of being an herbivore with a powerful lower body and a tail like a cedar that can stand in a river and not give a damn about how strongly the river is moving. So we're obviously dealing with a creature that is of a magnitude and a size that cannot be be ascribed to any creature today. Now, someone might say, well, what about a hippopotamus or an elephant that lives in rivers today? An elephant can can wade across a river easily because of its huge size, and a hippopotamus just sinks right down and walks through. It doesn't really give a fuck about a river either. But sure, neither of those two creatures, despite their size, have a tail like a cedar. Theirs exactly. are much more like a cow's tail designed mm-hmm. for, um, like, whipping away flies and and communication and stuff like that. Uh, And so to me, this is very clearly describing a large sauropod dinosaur, something like a brachiosaurus or a potosaurus. Sure. Um, That seems to me, in terms of animals, both current and extinct, that I can attribute this to. Like, there's no other creature that I can possibly describe or that possibly matches this description than some type of large sauropod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here yeah. we see, the, like, the dinosaurs, they're, it's literally there in the Bible. Sure. So you gotta, God you, made You are them. assuming that um, the instance of the term behemoth, it's talking about just one of many of these creatures then. Yeah, I assume that, well, when I, since he refers to it by name, right, 
sure. I'm assuming that Job has seen this creature and has a name for it because he doesn't look to um, he, he looks to it. He names it as if he was naming a specific thing, right? He uses the word behemoth like we would use sure. the word elephant or cat or dog. Like this is a creature that exists. Right. And then the, the only other question I have, I guess that you could ponder on this, the dinosaur existing in Job's time doesn't quite, from what I understand, line up as far as the timeline goes. So what's going on there? So or is well, it the, a vision? It, it's a very, no, it's, it's, I believe that, that God was referencing something that Job saw. So the, the timeline, I would, I know it's, the it, timeline is arguably disputed, but I would, I'd say that there were dinosaurs alive at the time of Job. And we're going to get to stuff like that a little bit later. And you, but, and, but, and just to clarify, do you believe the time of Job would correspond with any reasonable estimate of the time when he would have been alive? Like, you know, within the past 2000 or so years, you're not putting Job like 150,000 years ago. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not as confident as some young earth creationists are that the earth is exactly 4,000 years old. Um, 4,004 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, whatever 4, it adds up to. BC. Like, I think there's a little wiggle room within the interpretation of the original creation account, but I am of the interpretation that the earth can't possibly be more than some few thousand of years old, right? Okay. So, so you, are you, are you, again, not to get too much onto you and cause I don't want to make it this, you don't have to defend your own beliefs too much, but are, w- would you put it more like a, the younger driest period or like the period where the great flood starts to mark time, like 11,000 years ago, 12,000 years ago? Like, yeah, do you have a I, time I, I would ballpark the age of the earth somewhere in the range of five to 10,000 years. That, that'd be my ballpark, right? Okay. I, but, I can't you mean say five to 10,000 BC. Uh, yeah, yeah, somewhere in that yeah. ballpark. Okay. Yeah, but I can't, you can't quote me on that, because if I were saying yes, then I'd be no better than the, the, the those scientists sure. bastards. You have, an, you have an inkling, you have an yeah. inkling, yeah, I have that yeah. inkling as well. I don't know what I believe. I don't really feel that having a concrete belief on this subject in particular actually does anything for me. I, so it I doesn't for me either. yeah. Just play uh, but I can tell you this, not believing what big science says, big that bone. that does matter to me, right? Whatever makes me not believe in what big science and big bone have to believe just sure. lets me know that I'm closer to being right than whatever yeah. they're pushing. Or at least thinking freely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah even if I'm completely matters. wrong, at least sure. it's, it's what I'm thinking. Uh, yep. I would rather think wrongly and be free in my own mind than subscribe to a true belief. That's right. the kind of guy I am. Yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, what I love about you, Bird. You're you're a free thinker <laughs> if there ever was one. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. All right. Um, so let's divert. Have, have you got more? You've got more topics, I assume, in, or another area to go to? Yeah, I'm, I want like to I, touch briefly on the actual sure. science of it, um, if I can, because well, okay. it's worth... I do think science is kind of bullshit, but it's worth studying science. And I don't think that my studies of science have had any lack of value because you should know your enemy, right? You should know what the narrative is. That way you can understand 
where the lies are. And so I just want to give give people a few reasons why they shouldn't believe scientists, specifically like paleontologists, geologists, and people who are part of big science and big bone determined to make you think the earth is millions and millions of years old. Sure. Okay. okay. I'm going to so, put that in, but let me divert. Let me divert. Yeah, sure. Keep, keep that in mind, but I want to divert. The listeners are wondering, because uh, as you know, I get a live feed of everything the listeners are saying. Of yeah, we're, we're streaming live right now. Streaming live right now as we do every Wednesday at noon. Um, wait, this isn't what? Anyway, yeah, this is a different show. Um, I don't need to say that here. Uh, what's your favorite dinosaur? That's a great question. I uh, Well, my favorite dinosaur is the behemoth, uh, which I just read you about. Really? Um, okay, you're going yeah. for one specific dinosaur you know. Yeah. Um, if I could broaden it, I would say sauropods in general. So the, the family of dinosaurs. What that are those? Behem- so those are the, the Crunchy, big, bitey, huge T-Rexes. dinosaurs with the long necks and long tails. Oh, wow. You know, a lot of people, the brontosauruses and the... Well, the brontosaurus is one of the fake ones, but we'll get They're around One of the that. fake ones. Oh, fuck. So then I don't even... Because I remember when I was a kid, dude, I had a book... This giant book. It was. I like also a, had a book about the brontosaurus. Maybe thousand, the same book. A thousand pages of illustrations of different dinosaurs. It was an insane book. Um, and I, I, I got so many of these. Di- I don't really. I think it is where the, the my start of the, the love for woodland creatures came from. Uh, but ultimately, I don't have much care for dinosaurs anymore. And yet, a lot of these images in my head are still really burned in. Sure. I remember the T-Rexes and the Allosauruses and the – I don't even remember most of their names anymore. The one with the duck face is pretty great. They're pretty good. Yeah. The one that's a turtle with a tail that's also a turtle. Ankylosaur. Pretty funny. But a lot of these you, – what you're telling me a lot of these, Lincoln, is that you're – what you're telling me is that a lot of these are bullshit. They're not a real. lot of the, yes, a lot of them are absolutely. It's, they're pieces of artwork that I would say, man, I really love Michelangelo's carving of uh, whoever the fuck. It's the same kind of idea. Well, on a strictly like logical, uh, dare I say, autistic level, every depiction of a dinosaur is that because we have we've nobody's seen a dinosaur. All we have are the bones. Right. So okay. everything is an artistic interpretation. So right off right. the bat, there's how tons interesting of room is that? For bullshit. That's really weird and, and interesting that the, even my perception of it is like when you think about dinosaurs, the depictions of them that we see in the museums are a reconstruction of the way that they looked, but like maybe not. And also maybe they were a different color <laughs> or something like that, the way they yeah. draw them out. Like there's no yeah, reason that weird. any of them were green or red. Right. And no- a lot of them are green. That's got to be the most common dinosaur color, right? Green. Yeah. What is yeah, going definitely. on there? As if, as if most lizards are green, they're, which they're not. What yeah, is most lizards are like. Uh, well, I live out in the desert, brown. so most lizards are brown. Most lizards yeah, match even in their Florida. This is like the home of lizards. This, they're brown. A lot of them are all brown. Yeah, like brown or green. I mean, there's yeah, some that, that are dark green. blue. What yeah. about that dark blue, like alligators and stuff? They got that sure. brown, dark Absolutely. blue. Yeah, I don't know. So I. Okay, good, great. Yeah, we settled that. We definitely settled that. <laughs> and I guess uh, one other thing I would want to prod into before we go into your what what is the science is let's talk. What is the history? Uh, how do they combat certain kinds of beliefs like? Okay, maybe you, maybe if you've read about what they think. I guess my one of my questions would be, what about archaeological studies 
of human sites that are 30,000 years old. Right. Would, would this would the standard um argument just be that the scientists are corrupt or sit led by Satan because if you're going to go that route there's no I don't think a logical argument is what is necessary to persuade you. But if you're trying to be logical about it and you say 6,000 years old or it's 9,000 years old or it's 12,000 years old, what about the sites in central Mexico in the caves with the cave paintings? What about okay. stuff like that? We'll, we'll get into 30,000 years. So, so let's let they date that 30,000 years. Now, the reason why that's dated at 30,000 years. So basically the reason we date everything the way they do. Well, let me just get into dating. Uh, so, not that type of dating. I know a lot of I was our, gonna oh man, I wasn't quick enough to come up with a lot of our, our fan base probably needs some help with uh well, with Aaron that. did a dating episode mm-hmm. of sorts. He talked about dating. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was good. And he also did a job interview once, so just smash those two. Wow, wild. Yeah, I, I yeah. myself am taken. Um Cody uh from Agora Brewing was asking me the other day. You um, married? The two of you? Both neither no. Um Oh. Okay. No, Cody was asking me the other day, together. how did you land a girlfriend? And I was like, dude, I have no idea. I just got lucky. And that is, that's the best answer I can possibly give you. There you go. Um, so be lucky guys. That's, that's the answer. Be to lucky. L- like the dinosaurs. <laughs> not like, well, not exactly like the dinosaurs. Cause they, they ended up going extinct. Okay. Uh, what does the science tell us about all of that? Okay. What's the narrative of the science? So, I brought us up in kind of my brief recap of the older history of paleontology up Mm -hmm. to about the 1950s or 60s. And at that time, everybody was just kind of speculating as to how old these things were. But something that happened in that that developed in the mid 1900s was water time. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Go for it. What are you drinking? Just water? Uh, Water. But I've also been drinking. Um... Iron Wolf Ranch and Distillery Bourbon. Uh, and if that oh. name is familiar to you, that's because yes. that comes from the uh, Childerberg. Are you near there? No, I'm not. This is the bottle that I bought at oh, Childerberg. Oh, what a celebratory that, brew. That, yeah, it's, uh, it's my podcast uh, bourbon, which I, I might just end up killing on this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Robbie the Fire be returned honor. it to me. Because Robbie? I left it in... I don't even remember which comedian's car it was because I was... I got drunk at the party or at the comedy show and one of the comedians gave me a ride over to the camp and I left oh, it in his awesome. car and then Robbie brought it over the next day to return the, the bourbon to me. That's awesome. Robbie's yeah. a great guy. A good guy. Great guy. Yeah. great guy. Uh, even if he guy. says I have a weird dick. Did he say you were the guy who he was I was the guy. Yeah. Cause I was the heckler in front because I was the drunk asshole in the front. Oh, Hopefully when the paleontologists dig you up, they don't give you a weird dick. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of a running joke we've had because um, I was doing some episodes with Eric from Rebel with the Cause. And that was kind of our, Great our guy. running joke over there. So I'm the guy with the weird dick. Yeah. You're the guy with the weird dick. Yeah. I'm Eric. the man with the weird farmer dick. Eric's yep. got a normal dick. As far as I know, I haven't episode. seen it. Have not seen it. But um, I would imagine Eric has a regular dick. I, w- I would think so. Yeah. He strikes me as a normal penis haver. Yeah, I mean he's he's a fairly normal guy. Like got a couple of kids. Sure. He's he's doing well, pretty well for himself. Like he strikes me as, as a fairly average. Like the least average thing about him is being associated with our kind of. Uh, he's a funny guy you know, too. Oh, very funny guy. He's a funny guy. 
Yeah. He's ja- he jabs me a lot. It hurts my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of jabs. Great um, guy. Great guy. All yeah. right. But let's, let's science. Tell me about the science. Right. Science. Okay. So scientists kind of basically figured that they figured out the age of the earth in the 1970s as a result of understanding the half-lives of radioactive molecules. Okay. Wow. Okay. So this is some real sciencey shit. Yeah, whatever. Like what you just said is already like, and they pulled a canoe out of the ground. It's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I Basically, guess. It, it adds up to a bunch of, okay, whatever, yes. Uh, I'll just give you a brief rundown of it. Basically, radioactive material that is unstable, okay? So uh, an unstable atom is one that has an extra electron. And over time, that electron will go leave and that 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 uh, molecule will break down into two separate molecules okay they call it a parent molecule and a daughter molecule and here's the deal with the dating on that is that they make three critical assumptions when dating anything using isotope dating which is uh what 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 that's refer what this process is referred to okay so number one they assume the number of unstable atoms in the original rock. The problem with that, of course, is that if you weren't there to see the original rock, it's a com- it's complete guesswork to assume the original number of unstable atoms. Okay? So there could be any number of unstable atoms in that original one, meaning that it could be either older or younger based on the number that you just randomly pick out of the air. The second thing that they came up with was that, that the second problem is that they assume the rate that, sh- that the rate of change is constant. Um, so the problem with that is that we observe a constant rate of change today or a near constant rate of change today. But just because there's a constant rate of change today does not necessarily mean that there wasn't a constant rate of change in the past. Now, I think that this is the safer assumption of the two that we've talked about so far. But it's still worth noting that should some type of catastrophic event have happened, as various theories of the age of the Earth perpetuate, it's possible that there might not be a rate of change that's constant as a result of an induced uh, speed up of this rate of change. And the third problem is that it assumes that all the daughter atoms were caused by radioactive decay. Uh, but the problem with that is it assumes that the rock's just been sitting there with nothing else happening to it. But we get this thing all across the world, Bird. I don't know if you ever experienced it, but it's this like crazy thing where water comes out of the sky. Sure. I've seen that. Yeah. I, I, I live in the desert. I don't see it often, but I have seen it. So I can confirm it's that it's real. Um, now, when water falls out of the sky... Where, where does all that water go? Does it just it just doesn't sit at the top of the ground? To the ground, and it turns into trees. Right, it flows down through the ground. A lot, mm-hmm. some of it gets absorbed by plants and trees and trees. critters, and the majority of it ends up going into underground aquifers or rivers. And uh, these, the process of getting carried stuff getting carried down, water doesn't just run through stuff. On a microscopic level, it's picking up little particulates and it's depositing those little particulates at various stages throughout um, 
that it's throughout its journey. So you're assuming, let's say that you're dating uranium. Okay. Um, unstable uranium, um, will, will decay into, uh, is that 235? I don't remember the number. Um, whichever uranium it is, it, it, it decays into like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 235. That is the unstable version. The explodey one. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll come, it'll turn into lead over time, but there's more lead in the world than there is uranium. So lead can easily get deposited next to some unstable uranium. And then the Mm -hmm. scientist can say, oh, well this, this lead must've decayed from this other uranium. Right. Therefore we can date the earth based on, on this. Okay. So basically three assumptions that and none of them are provable so it's not a reliable way of dating and as a proof for this they took rock that was formed at the and they've done this on various volcanoes uh, throughout the throughout uh, the modern world but at mount saint helens rock that was blown out of mount saint helens which had just cooled right brand new rocks uh, that was dated as being um, like literally millions and millions of years older than uh, the the rocks that made up the the mountain itself, and like rock that just formed millions of years old right away, and that's because the process of forming rocks introduces a lot of contaminants into the rocks, basically making it unreliable as a a source of of, of dating. Like every time that they've done this, they make so many assumptions that it's basically a worthless way of trying to date the world. I, I think I've spent enough time on this to say that it's all science babble and science bullshit. And um, it's just a guy's talking, a bunch of guys just blowing smoke out of their asses. That's all it is. Yeah. It, like all science. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're anti-science on this podcast, as you know. That's yeah. fascinating to me um, that if, if that is a truth a statistic that you just read out. Um, yeah. That's amazing. I did not know that. Um, so with that, we still have a lot of time. What else do you want to go to? Uh, yeah, I've got the, let me check my notes here. Um, so what do you want, what do you want to hop to next? Do you want to hop to, because I know this, is a, this show uh, is a cryptid respecter. Uh, massively show yeah so we can look at if you'd like i would like to oh one more thing about fossils hold on i want to say do one more sciencey thing sure absolutely um well i've mentioned about fossils how a lot of so hold on so give me give one more sciencey thing so the sciencey thing is this science assumes that takes millions of years for fossil to form right as of a couple years ago science discovered that they can fossilize something in what short of time? Do you want to take a ballpark bird? 60, how... 60 months. Uh, less. <laughs> oh, man. 11 weeks. Less. Oh, no. Come on. Five weeks. Less. Two days. Less than two. No. Stop. 24 hours. What? Under the right conditions. Something can be fossilized in 24 hours. Now, these are not... Where are you getting that from? Where's so that coming a, from? There. Okay, so there's... Let me see if I can find where this uh, study is done. I have to know that. And that one is unbelievable, if that's yeah, it, true. It, it, oh, I me, love the sound of the keyboard. Yeah. You got a great keyboard position. Thank you. Excellent. 
Let me uh, let me find the uh, link for Yeah, this. all the time in the world. Take all the time in the world. Da, 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 da. It was run in... Now, this is something referencing the original article. Shoot, where is the original article? Let me look at it. ran a new atlas. Let me let me search Austrian Farmer's new atlas. Okay, newatlas.com. Okay, here, okay, here we go. So, lab-made fossil. Uh, in tr- okay, fossils are certainly. So, I'm reading you an article from the New Atlas, uh, written by uh, Ben Coxworth. Now he's a journalist, so maybe we shouldn't trust any of this whatsoever. But um, here's a quote. Fossils are certainly fascinating, but the darn things do take a rather long time to form. What if you want to fossilize something as fast as possible? Well, scientists have developed a method of doing so within 24 hours and could lead to big advances in the field of paleontology. Oh my God, is there there more to that article? Uh, There's quite a bit more. Um, Let's get a little more to that article, please. So here's the condition that they use it. So... To, let me just give you a baseline of how the fossils are made. Fossils are made under a couple conditions. They, they, in order to fossilize something, you need three things. You need mineral, you need, well, four things. You need bone, minerals, heat, and pressure. Those are the four things you need. Okay? Sure. So using a hydraulic press, I'm quoting from here now. Using a hydraulic press, they sealed tablets in a metal tube and heated them to 410 degrees Celsius and subjected them to 3,500 PSI, and in 24 hours, they were able to create new fossilized... Okay, so uh, under under those conditions, they were able to rapidly fossilize... Yes, yeah. ...something. Um, So, I guess... And so, basically, I think math is fake and gay, but if we want to assume that it's not fake and gay, and use this uh, ratio of pressure to temperature... You can at pressure to temperature of time. Correct. That's what I was wondering. Kind yeah. of calculate out how long and how much pressure something would need to fossilize, and yeah. and realistically, stuff can fossilize within only a few years. We actually have some interesting records. There's a a cool a cool exhibit at a mine in, uh, that was dug out of a mine of Australia is a uh, fossilized hat that the mine that a mine owner in Australia and I think like. What it, would that have been like the early 1900s? Uh, his hat had fallen off and it was dug up and they later found that it was fossilized. Hmm. Um, and there's there's various other things that you can look at where it doesn't take, it fossilized aren't Very something to take millions or even thousands of years to form. They don't have they can, to, sure. That's what I'm understanding now. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Um, and going back to the biblical um, narrative, right? everything's a narrative going back to the biblical narrative there's a really important event that happens that would have created that would have put a whole lot of formerly living things under a whole lot of pressure at once and that would have been the biblical flood right sure yep and that that would have covered up thousands of animals all at once and uh, would have subjected them to tons and tons of pressure uh from earth and and water pushing down off them which could have created fossils in uh, a short number of years compelling very yeah. compelling yeah it's when they teach you in school it sounds like oh it must take millions of years for this to happen but under the right conditions we can make it happen in 24 hours so it's not sure. like 
this is something that requires tons of time to make. It's not magic that requires time as kind of a uh, component to it. Uh huh. Absolutely. Well, that's a compelling argument made. Yeah. So you're against the guy who says Satan put him in the ground, but you are in favor of, or at least making the case for a young earth. Yeah. Or at least the possibility of a young earth. Yeah. I, to make the, I, I would say that I would make the case for, I personally believe in, in a young earth, at least certainly relative, you might say young as, as compared to what, uh, as many, I'm sure you have many Austrian economist types who listen to the show, you know, who'll say, well, compared to what, well, young is compared to what the prevailing narrative is. Okay. I think, I think you've demonstrated the case. Yeah. I think you demonstrated the case. Um, what else you got? We had one more. So now we get to, to in terms of uh, sciencey bits, I think that's probably the, the last most important one. The other stuff is like, we don't need to spend time on it. Sure. Because uh, I think the interesting thing that I have to present is dinosaur cryptids. Oh, boy. Okay. So you guys are somewhat familiar with cryptids. You've done a number of episodes on cryptids uh, on TLE and on the old Fagcast feed. A number. Oh, yeah. A number of them. Which, by um, the way, you can, you can if you want to listen to all of the Fagcast episodes, I'm going to do two things. Um, I'm going to commit myself, number one. This, thank you for bringing that up. I, I want to get this out, and I'm going to put it on TLE, too. Uh, I am going to start uh, getting the old episodes uh, organized so that they can be uploaded somewhere so that people can access them easily. The, the you know, that would episodes. be great. Because yeah, because it's I I understand it's not easy to to get to those. Yeah, well, it's also this on my I, I don't know if you knew this, but on my Apple Podcast because I use Apple Podcast because it's the, it's the default catcher and I'm never changed from it. Mm-hmm. On my Apple Podcast feed, you got the old Fagcast logo. I know is yeah. still what comes up even though it's TLE. Yeah, I know, and I can't do anything about it. I can't can't, can't get into that account. Ugh, um, so I might so just funny. might just be that way forever until we get a new rss feed it's um, a great logo i i i love all the all the so silly the, it's a silly little it's logo it's the silliest like thing it. i was like who there's so many of my friends that are on there like there's there's jeremiah there's you guys obviously there's pete uh and anarchy a whole bunch of other pete's on there yeah a lot of yeah aaron's yeah. on there he's uh, an, anarchy a, a balls on being. there rip to that guy's um lack of social media in general yeah he's, he's floating around somewhere yeah. i haven't talked to him somewhere. in ages we we corresponded not long ago. That's good. That's good. Uh, I gotta message him. Um, yeah. Okay. So just yeah. with that about just with that out of the well. Hold on. The the so we're gonna put them on the Patreon probably, but I, I will have to organize them first, get them together, and maybe we'll do like a bulk episode five, whatever, so that people who are on the Patreon can have access to the Fagcast episodes. Um, I got to do the organization for this, but I'm committing myself to it. Also, apparently the old episodes are available on the Podbean app. So huh. if you wanted to watch them, listen to them, apparently you can do that there. Uh, there hopefully you'll be able to. I, I have not checked myself. Well, for that's those of what you who do want tells to, me. for those who do want to hear them, listeners, and you haven't heard some certain ones, my recommendations, I'm going to show for you for a second here, would be, the Halloween extravaganzas. The Halloween episodes are always the highlight. Um, there's been a few memorable ones. The one you, uh, the episode with Scott Horton, fantastic. 
Um, some some with the balls, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd have to go back through. There's so many good ones. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I want to get people to be able to l- listen to them again, and the easiest way to do that is probably create some sort of a folder in Patreon with all the episodes in there. Yeah, um, it'll be a nice. Really, the great get thing about soon. your guys's content is that, uh, as opposed to something uh, like Scott's show or other other current events focused podcast is that so much of it is just timeless you can it, it's <laughs> it's entertaining regardless of, of what time period you're in yeah i do that even i actually i go back and listen to episodes sometimes while i'm driving which is it's it's like i listen to myself talking yeah. like i'm a different person my skits my schizophrenic drives that i take <laughs> that i can't take now because gas is too expensive yeah yeah uh but yeah all right Thank you for affording me that time, Lincoln. I just wanted to get that out there because yeah, of course, of course. I, I have to put say that on the actual TLE and I really have to commit myself to doing it. But yeah, um, show all you want. Final, your final points. Okay, so I, the last thing I want to talk about is dinosaur cryptids. Um, and I've got a list here. And so these are a list, this is a list of cryptids and creatures of myth and legend. Okay? And the first I want to talk about since... I said the sauropods are my favorite type of dinosaur. Sure. Um, I want to talk about Makili Mobembe. Now, are you familiar with oh. Makili Mobembe? I I think I am. I think I might be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the more popular ones, and this is a cryptid native to the Congo. Uh, so very, very out of the way from all modern culture. About as far as you can get, like in the jungle of the jungle of the Congo, is about as far removed as you can get from modern life as just about anywhere. Uh, and Makile Mobembe is described as a large, like usually describes having gray skin beast with a long neck and sometimes described with a frilled, like cow like head almost. And it lives in the rivers in the Congo. <laughs> okay, and yeah, and uh, occasionally describes even having a tail when seen out of the water. And th- th- this description of Makile Mobembe are very strongly resemblant of the descriptions of the behemoth that I read earlier, which to me speaks of a seropod. And so as a cryptid respecter myself, I think it's completely possible that there is a live seropod or group of seropods living somewhere in the uncharted Congo. Yet yet discovered, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Because, I mean, in the Congo and rainforest across the world over, that's where we're discovering new species constantly, just all the time. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So there could be some sort of long-necked critters running around. Doesn't mean it's a dinosaur, obviously. Sure. We, we don't have any hard evidence, but we... It's certainly from the legends from that area match the description of a dinosaur. A of, dinosaur. Of some type yeah, of seropod. absolutely. All right. Yeah. So this one isn't, a, the next one isn't a dinosaur-like creature, but it's probably the most famous one on my list here. And that is Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, sure. Another, Another long neck creature. Lady, yeah. yeah. Um, now this, there we have fossil evidence of marine reptiles with long necks and four fins and from the disputed images and reports of Nessie 
the most prominent feature is a long neck sticking out of the water. Yep. Uh, and that speaks of no creature known to science save the historical records we have of the Pleosaurus or some other related uh, aquatic animal. Technically not a dinosaur, but within the broad category of dino-like creatures, it fits. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have another aquatic creature like that. Um, This one is called the Ogopogo, um, which is a Canadian uh, dinosaur cryptid thing. I didn't know the Canadians had cryptids, you know, but apparently they do. I guess that shouldn't surprise me too much. Uh, legends about this creature date as many of North American cryptids do, and just really globally, to the natives who lived there first, sure. and to the tribes that lived along the shores of Lake Okanagan, uh, they describe a snake-like, whale-like creature. So not technically a dinosaur, but also not, it's kind of a sea serpent thing. It's not like anything that we know of alive today, but we do have fossil records of what a creature known as a basilosaurus, which is this snake-like whale creature. Hmm. Looking it up, it does look snake-like and whale-like. Yeah. Hmm, absolutely. Yeah, so the basilosaurus could potentially be um, the uh, the uh, Lake Okanagan... Um, I said that a lot more like Irish. I, but, uh, I <laughs> oh, Canigan. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so that's another another uh, dinosaur-like creature from, from folklore and uh, cryptid lore. Another cryptid, the Thunderbird. Oh, really? Uh, and Thunderbirds have a long and storied history uh, in my area and further south, uh, as well as up north, really. Just all across North and South America, in fact. Um, and the various native tribes, uh, specifically we're going to look at the, the ones sold by the Pima Indians, uh, who told stories of a giant creature that would catch people up and snatch them away. And in their legends, they describe a creature with very long wings, uh, and a very long beak that would, uh, swoop down and grab up people from the tribes and carry them away. Um, and legends of this creature range as far down south as to South America, where Mayan and Incan cultures even have, um, alleged, uh, depictions of that, of, of those creatures. Um, although the, the depictions are somewhat disputed as to whether or not they're true. I'm inclined to believe they are, but that's probably just confirmation bias on my part. I can't mm. say whether or not that they are, but I wouldn't be surprised because, uh, the oral histories of these tribes, uh, they tend to confirm the existence of these creatures. But another tribe, this is the Alini tribe uh, from Illinois, of course, which Illinois is named for. They also had a legend of this creature. And in 1841, there was like a author, like explorer guy by the name of John Russell, who encountered the Alini tribes, heard tale of this, and they even told him, the cave that the uh, this what they what translated roughly as a man-eating giant bird lived in, he climbed up to this cave and he found uh, a mass of human bones in this cave. No, yeah. 
uh, and that that's that's his report of of the uh, what we know what we broadly describe as Thunderbirds. So mm. again, a pterosaur creature, not technically a dinosaur, but definitely pterodactyls and quetzalcoatls and the like fit well within the dinosaur broader category. Okay, interesting. So okay. we're looping some mythologies into it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now, speaking of oral histories and mythologies, let's uh, let's go down under to Australia. Australia uh, has a story of a couple, has a couple different dinosaurs they like to tell about. Uh, the first off will sound a lot, this is described a lot like Makile Mobembe, and they call it the Colta. Um, and it was, just, it, it was described as a huge creature that lived in the rivers and marshes in Australia. But uh, let's kind of save my best dinosaur for last year. Oh. And the Australians described another dinosaur. Uh, they called it the Borongor. Uh, I put a Spanish flair because I'm from uh, Southern California. So I put the Borongor. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, what uh, the but, hell but, is that? But Borongor was described as a another huge creature with a large head. And massive teeth that would consume whoever it came across. And if that doesn't sound like a Tyrannosaurus, I don't know what does. That is terrifying. Is yeah, there could more you on imagine that? the Australian Aborigines like running across the outback trying to escape a freaking T Rex or an T-Rex, Allosaurus? Man, what the hell? What is there more on that thing? Uh, I was only able to find very little other than that the Aborigines have oral history of it. I wish I had more on the Australian ones, but the Australian ones were the ones that I was least familiar with coming into it, and I barely encountered them um, today uh, after I got off work and was doing a little bonus research. Uh-huh. Um, I, so I would like to do more research into these Australian uh, reports to, to see what the oral histories are more specifically because it sounded pretty wild. Oh yeah. Oh, that does sound wild. The Burunjor of yeah. the Australian Outback. Yeah. B U R R U N J O R. If anybody else wants to look that up, that's a weird one. Yeah. Really strange and kind of cool. Yeah. Very cool. And then lastly, the ones I want to leave you with, and this is the most prolific uh, at least in Western culture, are what we are familiar with as dragons. And I know you mentioned dragons earlier, Bird. Yeah, dude, I'm a massive hater of dragons, dude. I hate them. Bird, hater of dragons. Yeah, um, they're fucked up, dude. Yeah, you must be a huge fan of uh, St. George, then. George, yep, love George. Yeah. Um, so anyway, What he did was heroic. Absolutely. St. George, absolutely. He saved a princess. I mean, what's more heroic than that? Saved a beautiful girl. A beautiful girl. The most beautiful girl. Oh, that's good. Every other girl. That's a good impression that you have there, sir. That's (laughs) very good. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's better than mine. He fought off a dragon. He was huge. (laughs) Huge. The, the biggest <laughs> dragon you've ever the, seen. <laughs> and we've seen a lot of big dragons, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Wow. But anyway, um, you know, the, the dragon, uh, dinosaur, not dragon, dinosaur translate into terror lizard. And what 
more depicts terror lizard than the various depictions of dragons throughout various folklores, both Eastern and Western. And dragons are giant reptilian creatures that consume uh, other living things. Uh, some have wings, some breathe fire. And the best I can describe as dragons is that they seem to me to be an amalgamation of certain creatures that older civilizations encountered as they were developing. Uh, mm, creatures Kelly, that have long Mbembe's since... everywhere, yeah. Yeah, long since... Creatures that have long since gone extinct, but right. were... Legends were told and then retold, and they gave us... Uh, your modern day smaugs and, and uh, Drogons Absolutely. and stuff like that. Uh, yep. And you can see there, you can see things that look similar to them. If you look at like modern day monitor lizards or, or uh -huh. even like the saltwater crocodiles. A little huge. of that. Yeah, absolutely. Huge and dinosaur. -y. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's, it's not like things similar don't exist in the modern world. Um, but as, uh, history teaches us uh, we've lived in a world that's gone through some major catastrophes, including uh, mm -hmm. an ice age and, and other various warming periods and, uh, you know, a, the separation of continents mm -hmm. and, and just various things that may have caused these among other thousands and thousands of species to, to go extinct. And we mm -hmm. have them in the fossil, in the not fake fossil record, to establish mm -hmm, right. these creatures definitely existed at one point in time or another, uh, depending on the way you interpret the evidence. But at the end of the day, and if I could sum up anything that I would like to the audience to take away from this, is that at the end of the day, we don't have dinosaurs today. What mm -hmm. we have are rocks that were very confident were bones at one point. That is what we have, and that's all we have. And so we take a lot of leaps of logic to arrive at what you described earlier, Bird, as the large green dinosaur depicted in a picture book. And yet Science TM and Big Bone portray that as if it's the absolute truth, when in reality this is all scientific, quote-unquote, BS, Pageantry. Just like, yeah, it's all pageantry. And if there's anything the last two years should have taught the audience, it's that science is nothing but pageantry and that you should never trust a scientist. So there you go. Here, here. Here, here. Lincoln, thank you. Yeah. Um, that was great. I had a whole bunch of other stuff uh, regarding the satanic um, Smithsonian and satanic origin at relations within various... Uh, paleontological and archaeological institutions that are out there. But quite frankly, once I got into dinosaurs, I knew that I just wouldn't have time to get into the demonology of it. So we can talk do, about that. Do, another do you time. want to get into that? Uh, well, how long, if the audience wants to hear about it, I can uh, they, at least. They definitely right do. Okay. They definitely well, do. Give... And I definitely do. How long do you think you'll take? I think I can give like uh, maybe 15 minutes and just kind of summarize what I'm thinking. I got as long of a time as you need. Great. Yeah. Let me um, pour a little more bourbon. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's take a, let's take a, how, how long you got? Um, as really as long as you want. Um, oh, good. All, all I right. have to do, I, I put off all my other stuff. Um, nice. 
So oh, yeah. I was supposed so to make do a Destiny raid, then. possibly, oh. but I Ace put it off until Saturday. Since we <laughs> other stuff going on. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Let's take a let's take a five, and then we'll come back to two or three minutes. Um, and yeah, then let's just ice, and I'll be right back. Let's go over the line on this. Hell yeah. 